Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Podcast, part two. I'm here with the only two twins that love to eat wind on the sails of a Kindle with the fiddle answering riddles. Bars. The Brodo Fantasy Podcast begins now. much wood could a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? Yo, let me say something. That poem only brings me back to one thing. When we were young, we used to have these things called the tapes. The tapes. You know, you remember the tapes. Of course, bro. We would, the tapes. We would be like Saturday Night Live, except we'd be like inappropriate 11-year-olds, and we would tape record ourselves doing it. So one day, I was in audio-visual class in my middle school. My middle school had a bunch of cool-ass things like that, and I made this skit. Fire. With my friends, and I brought it in to, uh, to show everyone, and everyone died laughing, and they were all about it, <laughs> and it was funny, and I was like the most popular kid in class for a little while, and then, <laughs> and then these two girls come through like two weeks later from class, and one, oh, I'm sorry, one of the, the, uh, the, my skits was, how much wood could have, uh, I, I was just me, I was a reporter, I go, how much wood could a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? No, wood. Answer? And then the camera came up to me in the face and goes, nobody knows. And, and everyone thought that was hilarious, right? You're a sixth grade. It's, it's funny. These girls come two weeks later, and their first skit on their, on their thing that they want to show the class is, how much wood could a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? A woodchuck would chuck all the wood if a woodchuck could chuck wood. And no one laughed. And I hated them from then on. That's terrible. And it showed me. It set it me off for the. Just it showed me off from the bite for the biter culture that w- that is to come. It's crazy. Even in sixth grade with woodchuck jokes. I remember you, Yvette. That's right. <laughs> I remember you. Oh man, how how much I hope Yvette listens to this. I show. forget so many things, but I remember you, Yvette. Um, let's say Yvette <laughs> about it. Uh, let's talk about your boys, the Bills and the Lions. This game is uh, destined for nine six. I think. Um. Uh, the Lions defense has been exceptional lately. Uh, let's not let's not ignore that. The Lions defense has, ever since getting Snacks Harrison, has been one of the better defenses in the league outside of one really bad game. Um, so let's talk about the Lions offense to start. <laughs> um, against the Buffalo Bills defense, who is third overall in DVA, they've been excellent. Uh, Matt Stafford has not been playing well. He's been getting hit left and right. Um, the running game has been nothing to speak of. Uh, Kenny Galladay has been getting shut down because he's the only real weapon. Uh, even Theo Riddick, only four receptions last week after everyone thinking he's a slot receiver. Um, is there any hope for this Detroit Lions offense? Guys, this is the only way to really put the Detroit Lions offense is that Zach Zenner is a thing again. After LeGarrette Blount lost the fumble, he got exiled from the team because apparently losing a fumble on that terrible team is the worst thing you could do. And Zach Zenner. It's just Matt Patricia trying to be Bill Belichick. Yeah. And then Zach Zenner came in, ran. I missed the news. Times. Was he released? No, Blunt's still oh. on the team. Just, oh, listen, just, by exile, because you meant like he was released. I'm like, like how did I miss game. that news? Oh, okay. That was a little harsh. Yeah. Okay. Zenner went <laughs> with 12 rushes for 54 yards and a touchdown. And I don't know what the Lions plan, how they plan to employ their running backs this week. But if I'm the Lions, their season is lost. I'm running Zach Zenner out there to see if he is going to be worth anything next year because LeGarrette Blunt is clearly not part of the future plans. So are you starting, are you running Zach Center out there in fantasy? No, but maybe it's like a low-end desperation flex oh, come play. Come on, but no. I'd rather start him than Blunt or Riddick. The only person you can consider is Kenny Galladay, and that's more of a wide receiver three. He just hasn't been great. Now he has to go up against Radavius White. But if he, if Stafford has to throw the ball to anyone, it's Galladay. High upside wide receiver three is Galladay, I think, for the rest of the season. It is rest of season Two now. really bad games back-to-back, and now it's to go against Tredavious White. The the Lions offense has been a joke. They literally have no weapons besides Kenny Galladay, so teams could put 47 defenders on Galladay, and it's okay. Let's talk about the best quarterback in fantasy with only 200, fantasy yard, uh, 200 yards. Yo, this dude, Josh Allen, man. Just can't stop rushing the ball. Another 101 yards and a touchdown for Josh Allen on nine carries. Um, do you see that continuing against the Lions? Guys, listen. Obviously, Josh Allen has been running like a madman. So, I had to go back to see 
how the Detroit Lions are against running quarterbacks. Oh, I did too. And You're stealing my stuff. <laughs> I'm done. This is from me and Michael. Brought to you they've, by Michael. They've played against a fair amount of running-ish quarterbacks, and they've done fairly well. Uh, Mitch Trubisky went three for 18 against them. It was a rushing touchdown, but what only 18 yards. What week was that? Oh, I don't have the weeks. I'll check it. I'll check probably it. week one or something. Because this is going backwards. And then uh, when Chase Daniel played against them, he kind of runs. He went four for four. Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott, three carries for two yards. So that's – and Dak Prescott uses his legs quite a bit. So, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, three carries, ten yards. Cam Newton, two carries, two rushing yards. So, it's it's not – it hasn't been easy to run against the Lions as a quarterback. But – and then I was on Twitter today, and I decided to just start watching Josh Allen rushing highlights. And this dude is not a typical quarterback. He's not. He just jukes – Defensive line bid, he jumps over Anthony Barr to get first downs. It's crazy to see it because he's, he's so big. Yeah. He's an absolutely atrocious thrower at this point. I wouldn't say atrocious is the right word. I would say he's below average but has abilities. Because he has a hell of an arm. But Yeah, I mean, 36 attempts, 18 for 36 for 206 and two interceptions is not going to win you any you know passing titles. But it's also not Jameis Winston. That was a Whatever shot. That, that was a is. shot at you, Michael. All right. I actually have Josh Allen as my quarterback 10 this week because of his legs. It's crazy because you could go for 206 yards, two interceptions, and the fumble lost, I think, no? Or am I just bugging out? Um, I believe he did have a fumble lost. So three yeah. turnovers and only 206 passing yards and still put up QB1 numbers. It's absurd. That's what happens when you run for 100 yards and a touchdown. So, Yeah. I think he's a QB one this week. It's about you. It's about time. I start believing in the Josh Allen hype. I tried to pick up. Well, I, I wanted to pick up Josh Allen in a league where I'm starting Matt Ryan, but he was not available. When you have a quarterback that's rushing for 100 yards a game, you have to go for it. I'm going to talk about someone else. Someone that Michael also ranked pretty high. I was pretty excited about Isaiah McKenzie. He scored the touchdown last week, and we were like, Isaiah McKenzie scores a touchdown. But if you look back at what he's done recently. He's been more involved. The biggest thing, McKenzie ran 39 pass routes exclusively out of the slot last week. That is, we, that's interesting. We liked Zay Jones a lot last week because of that. Exactly. Zay and Jones, then Isaiah McKenzie comes in and just takes all the slot work. Zay Jones had his two touchdowns against Miami from the slot. He saw seven targets last week. Uh, Detroit is 26th in the league versus slot receivers. He also is given a... Two to a few rushes every game. He rushed for 62 yards and a touchdown over the last four weeks with nine rushes. So, if we're looking at a slot receiver, gets rushing work, bad slot defense. I have Isaiah McKenzie as a back end wide receiver three, higher than Foster or Jones. Wow, interesting. Michael Chris Lee. Ivory is someone I'm not touching. Isaiah McKenzie. Well, so does that a open thing up the that door makes for me? Uh, hold on, hold on a second. Like Isaiah McKenzie, though. Does, does that open up the door for Marcus Murphy, though, Jason? No. No, I'm not okay. really sure. Go ahead, Michael. Is that Isaiah McKenzie? I don't know if Jason said this. I don't recall, but he has two rushing touchdowns in the last three games. He did. Yeah. So I think I said one. On jet two. sweeps, two. I have two so, right here, and I said one. I mean, I don't love Isaiah McKenzie. I'm not going out there and grabbing Isaiah McKenzie everywhere I can. But if you need a. If you have injuries or you need a wide receiver three flex play this week, I don't think Isaiah McKenzie is a terrible play. Anyone else you guys want to talk about in this game? No, but I'm going to hop in because this Do is not hilarious. Start Chris Ivory. So there's a Twitter thread. It says, uh, type in last Christmas and then let the predictive text uh, finish it. <laughs> I just did it for Brodo on, on my phone. This is Jason, if you heard another voice. It came out as last Christmas season, I was in the playoffs and that game was awesome. <laughs> Obviously, talk about sports too much. It's like what happened with, <laughs> with us and with me and Snacks Harrison. Yeah. That's crazy. Uh, let's go over to our next game of the week. An NFC also, North. real quick, on Johnson did not practice today, so he'll, he's going to be out again. A KFC North matchup between the Packers and KFC the Bears. KFC North. <laughs> yeah, I love that fragic KFC, man. Colonel Schneider. Um, Packers Brown. <laughs> he 
The Green Bay Packers versus the Bears. <laughs> you guys don't even know about those the milkmen. Uh, we're gonna keep that a secret for right now. The, yep. the the Packers did look better under the tutelage of Joe Philbin, but toot, toot. maybe some of that was facing the Atlanta Falcons, who's made everyone look good. Um, Aaron Rodgers, although he was great in real life, not really great in fantasy. One ninety six and two touchdowns, uh, forty four yards on the ground, so decent game. Um, how are we feeling about a rude? I'm feeling like I'm not starting him. Whoa, you went from you went to the not start. All right, so if you're not starting Aaron Rodgers, then are you not starting everyone across the board? Because I feel like he is the key to everyone. Well, everyone is just Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones at this point. Yes. Adams, you have to start. Aaron Jones is basically a must-start back end RB2 this week. And by not start Aaron Rodgers, like, I have him at 13. So I'm not going to – I'm not saying you must sit him. But, I mean, if you look at what he's done recently – uh, he's thrown for only 230 yards once in the last five games. He hasn't scored more than 22 since week six. And if you look at what the Bears have faced at home, they faced a gauntlet of quarterbacks. They faced Tom Brady, Jared Goff, Kirk Cousins, Russell Wilson, Tampa Bay, Watson and Fitz. Seriously, though, that yeah. combo. And then Stafford and Darnold are the weak links there. Only Tom Brady's put up a quarterback one performance against them. I was about to say, they, they handed their asses to each one of those quarterbacks. Didn't the Jets beat the Bears? Or am I bugging? Beat the Bears? No. No. Yeah, I'm bugging. No. They kept it close. I think it played them the hard, Giants yeah. beat the Bears. Right. Okay. Getting yeah. the wrong New York teams. So, Aaron Rodgers, uh, I'd prefer not to play. I'm with Jason. I'm not playing Aaron Rodgers this week if I can help it. Um, Let's go over to Chicago then. Uh, Mr. Trubisky. Well, let's did... talk about Aaron Jones a little bit. Okay. So, let's talk about Aaron Jones before we so go Aaron Chicago. Jones gets, obviously gets a very hard matchup against Chicago, who just shut down Todd Gurley. But... Aaron Jones, since week eight, put up, since week 10, actually, put up 32 fancy points. This is half PPR, 25, 17, 13 and a half, 18 and a half. So he has been superb the last several weeks. And I know this is a very difficult matchup for him. But he, despite despite the fact that Jamal Williams started last week, Aaron Jones ended up outsnapping him 42 to 24 and had 20 touches compared to Williams's four and the offense didn't get rolling until Aaron Jones stepped onto the field. So I think that separates a little more again this week. And Aaron Jones is a huge part of that offense. Every time he touches the ball, he makes something happen. So I still like Aaron Jones as a high-end RB2 this week, despite the tough matchup against Chicago. Let's talk about Chicago then. Mr. Trubisky shit the absolute bed like a wild shit bed bro, animal. Bro, bro, bro. Um, Six for 23 on the ground, 16 for 30 in the air, three interceptions. Um, but they're playing Green Bay defense to score upon. Are you just giving Trubisky benefit of the doubt, like he's coming back from a shoulder injury, or is this a guy that you're not looking for this week? Uh, I have Trubisky as my quarterback 18, so, yeah, I'd rather not. He's someone who needs to use his legs, basically, and he didn't really much last week. Don't know what's if he's – Still dealing with his injury or whatever, but and he just looked awful passing the ball, so not someone I'd trust. I did want to say, though, real quick, Randall Cobb is my Kenny Stills of Jason for last week. Come on. Bryce Callahan. Cobb? Bryce Callahan just hit. Is the, he out? Hit the IR. Oh, the IR. With a broken foot. Damn, that's a big loss. Yes, he has been. I mean, one of the best. Maybe the best. Yeah. Outside of Chris Harris. Slot corners in the league all year. And now Sherrick McManus, their backup, has to step in. McManus has been very solid this year as well when given the opportunity. But obviously Bryce Callahan going down is a downgrade for Chicago and an upgrade for opposing slot wide receivers. So I kind of like Randall Cobb. All right, now that you're done with that. So I have, I, all right, Michael, so I have a question for you. Hit me, brother. Randall Cobb or Anthony Miller? Randall Cobb. Jason? Cobb? I don't want to start either of them. Randall Cobb or Chris Godwin? Godwin. Godwin. Randall Cobb or... Colonel Sanders. Curtis Samuel. Curtis Samuel. Samuel. Randall Cobb or... David Moore. Moore. Nope. Cobb. Randall Cobb or Doug Baldwin? Baldwin. Dougie. Dug, 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 mm. dug, dug. Interesting. Trubisky I just gave you guys my disgusting ass wide receiver decision for that I have to make in my playoff matchup this week. Um, Yucky. The 
what happened to Jordan Howard, guys? 101 yards out of nowhere. Right when we, why when we said Jordan Howard's done, Jordan Howard, no more Jordan Howard, no more Jordan Howard, 101 yards. Is there any way possible that this happens again? I mean, he has 17 and 20 touches the last two weeks, so they're obviously getting him involved again. I don't know. Maybe they're trying to ease, uh, what's his face, Trubisky back in. Howard is someone that I have as a mid-range flex play. Agreed. He's in standard leagues. He's better, but he's super, super touchdown dependent. And yes, he gets the rushes, but I mean, the Giants' rush defense has just been downhill since Snacks left. So I mean, it wasn't a great spot. It's probably gonna be more of a passing game. Trubisky has seventeen touchdowns passing at home, four on the road. That's in five games and four games. Much better at home. I feel like this is gonna be a game where A. Rob, Gabriel, Miller, Burton, Cohen, they all get work. None of them are really going to be too relevant except for one of the receivers is going to end up putting up with numbers. Hard to know which one. Tariq Cohen is the guy you need to play. See, I like Terry Cohen a lot. I go a rob up the bunch too. Cohen hardly played week one against Green Bay, but I'm I'm just not really going to count that because he wasn't used in the beginning of the year. Great. But Green Bay altogether has been really good stopping running backs out of the backfield. They're allowing just over four receptions a game and only 36 yards per game to uh, running backs out of the backfield and only two receptions on the year. One of them was to Todd Gurley, so, I mean, it's Todd Gurley, and one of them was to Dalvin Cook or Latavius Murray. It was the Vikings running back. So it's not the, it's not as great of a matchup as it might seem, but Terry Cohen is continu- continuously – Getting more and more work every week, and he's just—he's clearly a big part of that offense. So I do like him as a mid-range RB two this week. Let's go to the quarterback matchup that everyone has been waiting for: Josh Johnson against Cody Kessler. Uh, the Redskins are at the Jaguars. Um, Josh Johnson ended up as the quarterback eight last week, um, even though he was listed as inactive in some fantasy leagues. Um, Eleven for sixteen for one hundred ninety-five yards and a touchdown in the air. And seven for forty-five with a touchdown on the ground. Uh, First-round draft pick of the AAF, the American Alliance, Alliance. Football League. Um, interesting, but Josh Johnson, Josh mm-hmm. Johnson, yeah. So, look, they're playing a Jaguars defense that got completely and utterly manhandled by Derrick Henry last year, last week. But is there anyone on this Washington Redskins offense that you can confidently start going into a matchup where you have to win to go to the championship? Do you think you could start AP because of what Derrick Henry did last week? No. You're, you're taking shrooms. No. Could we just, like, skip this game? Shrooms are supposed to make you, like, see the world better and open up. Josh Johnson also hallucinates. is actually an interesting back-end quarterback. In a good way. To play. The Jaguars are the worst team against Russian quarterbacks. Just saying. I'm not saying starting quarterback. You put up, like, I'm 25 fancy points in yeah. a quarter and a half. Insane. But really, the only person you want to start in this game, D.D. Westbrook has a little bit of appeal, 15 targets in the last two games. But it should be a low-volume game, so it's not someone you love throwing out there. Leonard Fournette's really the only guy that you want to start in this game. Got to start Fournette. Washington's, Leonard Fournette might get 25 carries. Washington's okay. allowing almost 140 yards per game, too, over the last few weeks. So, rushing, that is. That is that Jags are home. Nine, they're six. a favorite. I think Fournette is a must-start. Yeah, I think Fournette easily eclipses 100 yards and gets a touchdown, bounces back from his dreadful performance last week against Tennessee. So let's talk about Tennessee. The Tennessee Titans Tennessee. take Tennessee. on the Giants. Uh, Derrick Henry. I was in a playoff matchup, and I was playing against the person who had Derrick Henry if I would if I were to win. And as Derrick Henry continued piling on stats, I was like, yes, he's going to start Derrick Henry next week. I'm set. Was I erroneous in my hope that he... That they start Derrick Henry, or is Derrick Henry actually not a playoff option? Tim, I have one response for you. Recency bias is a hell of a drug. <laughs> People love recency bias. They just love it. They can't get enough of it. And the thing is, folks, Derrick Henry has been trash for every single game except last week against Jacksonville. And yes... He looked good. He had one of the best. I mean, runs he had of all a couple time. good games where he scored touchdowns. Know, he's not like he's been trash in every single game, most games. Basically every game. He's been better lately, though. His role has advanced. His I mean, role sure, has yes gotten better. He does have a good role, but with that being said, I don't understand how you could trust him now. I see him being ranked in the high twenties, not not the high, the low twenties, as like 
an RB2 this week, and I just don't understand that. I don't understand how. This is the same thing that happened with, like, Justin Jackson last week, just on a more extreme scale. Like, they just, someone had a big game, and me and Jason said from the start, like, Justin Jackson, it doesn't make any sense. I I had a whole discussion with my boss about Justin Jackson because he was like, everyone in the fantasy industry disagrees with you. And I was like, well, guess what? Justin Jackson isn't going to do shit this week. And he didn't because Austin Eckler got all the work. And now the same thing's happening with Derrick Henry, just in a different scenario where people are just expecting him to have a huge game again. And I just don't see it happening. Sure, he could be a, a decent flex play. He's been a decent flex play at times. Maybe this blows up in my face and Derrick Henry does have another huge game. But if I'm playing someone and they're starting Derrick Henry over a viable RB2, I'm pretty damn happy about it. Jason? Yeah, I have Henry ranked uh, in the back end 20. I have him as a flex play, uh, a running back three. I think that what intrigues me about this matchup is the matchup, not what Henry did last week. 57% of the Giants' touchdowns allowed have been to running backs this season. So the odds are that the running backs are going to score against them. That leaves Henry and Lewis. Derrick Henry kind of was taking the ship back from Deion Lewis for a little bit before last week, too. So there is a chance he reaches the end zone. So I feel like he's a touchdown-dependent flex play. So if he gets, if he finds the end zone, he'll be a decent play. But I'm not starting him as an RB2 over other guys that are probably going to be better. Yeah, basically. And I'm not I'm not really interested in Deion Lewis. Uh, so let's go to the I pass catchers do. and let's go to Marcus no. Mariota. This might be the first time ever that I'm higher on Corey Davis than most others. I have Corey Davis as my wide receiver 18 this week. Like we said, it's been pretty easy to guess when Corey Davis is going to have big games. He, he tends to struggle a lot against Why this one? corners. Huh? Why this week? I was, I was just saying. He tends to struggle a lot against big-time corners, and there's no one on the Giants that really is threatening. Uh, Janoris Jenkins, the jackrabbit, has been solid this year, but he's been nowhere near really what he's been in the, the couple of years before this. B.D. Webb has been okay, but if B.D. Webb lines up against him, I don't see him stopping Corey Davis. So I think Corey Davis is in for a pretty solid game and a game where I think the Titans and Giants both are able to score. I'm on the opposite side of the coin here. I think that the Giants have only allowed nine touchdowns to receivers this year. I think this could be a game where Corey Davis disappoints. Volume-based, he's a wide receiver two this week. There's not a lot of good wide receiver options. But I don't think this is one of his games where he... I don't know. Of the receivers... In that bunch, the wide receiver two bunch, I'm, I'm okay with taking the upside shot. He's very like dependent Davis. on Marcus Mariota. Like, I'd rather start Corey Davis and Tyler Boyd than Tyler Lockett, DJ Moore, guys like that. OBJ, he practiced in a limited capacity on Wednesday. Should be ready to play by Sunday. Um, do you think his absence kind of opened the door for a lot of the Giants? You saw Evan Ingram have his first good game in a while. Um, you saw Saquon Barkley go absolutely ape shit. You saw Sterling Shepard catch a touchdown. Do you think that his absence really opened up the the kind of the floodgates for everyone else? No. If there was a camera on us, everyone would have just seen me roll my eyes the entire time you're talking. <laughs> don't talk good about Shepard and Ingram in this room. When OBJ plays, there's not enough to go around. It's OBJ. It's Barkley. You're you're good. Barkley. Bar- Barkley is a beast. That guy's next level. I Finn. mean, you don't ask if you have to start him. Um, Honestly. I'd rather start Ferkser over Ingram. 16 targets this year, 16 catches. He's been more involved Ferkser. lately, a few games in a row, four catches. Johnny Smith is out. Ferkser is the tight end for the Titans. You're just saying his name as if people are going to know who Ferkser is. I apologize. 16 catches on 16 Go Ferks targets. Go yourself, bro. 100%. When he gets thrown the ball, he catches it. What I take away from that is that he has 16 targets on the air. Yep. <laughs> They've all come recently. Uh, anyone else in the on the Giants you'd like to talk about? I'm, I kind of like their defense this week. Two straight games of absolutely demolishing the opponent. And Marcus Mariota tends to uh, turn the ball over. So, All right, let's go to our next game. I guess you guys don't want to talk about this game anymore. I think the, I guess the Giants aren't good enough for you. The Seahawks at the 49ers is hey. our next game. Uh, let's go hey. over to Seattle. Uh, Seattle... Uh, they're doing things that we haven't seen in a long time. Russell Wilson really disappointed last week. Uh, he had 61 yards on the ground, so that was kind of like an extra touchdown. But 10 for 20, 
in the air with an interception. That was one of the worst interceptions I've ever seen in my entire adult life. <laughs> Hilarious. Um, but <laughs> I tweeted about how uh, he can't no look pass quite as good as Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> um, what if you are a Russell Wilson owner and you got to get to the championship? Are you streaming someone else over him? Listen, how can if, you take a chance on him? All right. First off, let me just say if you didn't know that Pete Carroll was the oldest coach in the NFL and you had to guess off of the offense people run, <laughs> you'd probably guess that he's the oldest coach in the NFL. I mean, it has nothing to do with Pete Carroll, though. The it's offense that they run 100%. It's I Brian mean, Schottenheimer, dude. Yes. But Even with the Jets, he ran the ball. All right, fine. The head he coach hired doesn't him, have a say in the he, offense. He hired him, though. Come on. He hired him knowing this. Yeah. Well, but Brian Schottenheimer's lucky, though, because he's probably getting, like, people are probably... Remember, he was like he was like the John Filippo. He was like the guy who's supposed to become the next head coach, and everyone realizes, dude, is trash. And now he just got another shot. And any other quarterback than Russell Wilson, and they'd be screwed. And that defense, like, it's just everything is going Schottenheimer's way. I'm never going to back up Schottenheimer. I'm, I'm sorry. Go, Jason. Speak. As for the Niners, Tim, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm trusting Russell Wilson all the way. He hasn't put up less than... Before last week, he had 72 one, two, yards. three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight games in a row of 20 or more points. So, of 18 or more points, sorry. Uh, he's an efficiency machine. Last time he played the 49ers, he had four touchdowns on 17 attempts. He's going to find the end zone multiple times. He's going to run a little bit, hopefully more so that his legs carry him. He ran a little more last week. He's as safe as they come, and when there's a... Matchup where he's safe but also has upside against a defense like San Francisco, that's when you want to use him. I don't like it. Uh, Tyler Lockett, uh, David Moore, Nick Vanette, and hopefully Doug Baldwin will see what's up with that. What do we think? I mean, I'm not starting any receivers outside of Lockett and Baldwin. Tyler Lockett. Uh, Tyler Lockett. You would start Baldwin? If he plays against San Fran. Yeah. I mean, more of a low-end wide receiver three. You can't – if you're in a 10-team league or something, two wide receivers, I doubt you're starting Baldwin. But Tyler Lockett I do like as a wide receiver too. He – another week, another perfect passer rating continuance. And he had five receptions. No one else on the team had more than one. Yeah, Russell Wilson, 158.3 passer rating passing to Tyler Lockett. It's something to say because uh, they didn't. their offense wasn't great, but he still got the end zone look for the two-point conversion. Which is saying something. Where do you guys have also, Chris Carson ranked this week? Carson is as is a running back too. He's literally his middle name is running back. Too. I love yeah. me some Chris Carson. I was just gonna say unlock it. He he's run seventy percent of his routes on the opposite uh, away from Richard Sherman's side. That's where you want to attack San Francisco. So I like Lockett a lot as well. Let's Weird. look at the San Francisco offense, uh, proving that whoever runs in a college Shanahan system can run. Jeffrey Wilson goes for twenty three and ninety, so he has himself a good game. George Kittle absolutely blew up the entire world. Seven for 210 and a touchdown. My God. Dante Pettis proved that with Marquise Goodwin on the field, he could still be a fantasy threat. Three receptions for 49 yards and a touchdown. Um, out of these pass-catching options, who's your favorite, and would you play these guys with confidence this week? It's Pettis as a wide receiver three. Um, he had another seven-target game last week. And don't be distracted by Seattle's winning streak or what happened last week. The Seattle defense has been, past defense, has been dreadful recently. They've also been better. Like, their their past defense might have been dreadful, but their better defense is overall defense. is much better. Okay. Bobby Wagner has been killing it. They're still giving up yards and stuff of that sort. They're still allowing receivers to score, unless you're playing the Vikings. So, Dante Pettis is in the wide receiver three conversation. Uh, George Kittle is obviously a, I mean, sign him. George up. Kittle is on pace to break the tight end yards record, but so is Kelsey, even higher. So, so Ooh. Kittle's not getting enough Crazy. love. What about Jeffrey Wilson? Uh, Matt Breida practiced in a limited capacity on Wednesday. Let's talk about the Jeffrey Wilson slash Matt Breida combo uh, against a pretty good Seattle run defense. How do you feel about them? Whoever starts should be a rock solid RB two per usual with the San Francisco backfield and Kyle Shanahan offense. He's He's a whiz with his running backs. Seattle's allowed an RB1 in six straight games. So the hope, I'd say, is that Breida just sits and you can start Wilson. Anyone else in this game you guys want to talk about? Uh, Marquise Goodwin has some flex potential against the Seahawks. The only thing I really know is he flex appeal. But you can find a better spot for someone else. <laughs> you just quoted 
Butterfly. By Crazy Town. By Crazy right? Town. True that. That is, I don't even know what to say. Like, guys, if you don't know this, Much Michael's mind is an encyclopedia of old songs that will like never see the light of day unless Michael quotes them. You're bugging. That song's popular. Yeah. When's the last time you the heard Crazy Town? The listeners are gonna know Butterfly. All right, fine. When's the last time you heard Crazy Town by by I mean Butterfly by Crazy Town? If you know. count on random on my Spotify playlist, probably yesterday. Um, I mean, I usually okay. skip it. All right, that counts. But. I'm talking about like in the public forum. You know what I'm saying? Uh, the New England Patriots take on the Steelers in a must-win game for the Steelers. Um, let's start on the Patriots side though. Tom Brady had a good game in the playoffs. It, it happened, guys. It, it's it's possible. Um, he also had a good game against the Dolphins. Also happened. It's possible. Three fifty eight and three touchdowns. Rob Gronkowski finally has the game that his owners have been waiting for. One hundred seven and one. Uh, Josh Gordon has an all right game. Julian Edelman goes for eighty six and one on nine catches, so he has a great game. Cordero Patterson Patterson scores a touchdown. Sony Michelle gets twenty carries, although he doesn't do much with them. Fifty seven yards. Uh, missed a shot of getting in the end zone that James Devlin cleaned up and scored. Um, what are your feelings about these Patriots offensive weapons against a Steelers team that's going to be playing pretty desperate? I have Tom Brady as a fringe QB1. I have him at 12. I'm not ready to say he's a quarterback one. Uh, you can't just look at last week and think he is. It's a good matchup, though. It's tough because Pittsburgh just got lit up by Derek Carr. Like They've been giving up a lot of yardage. Uh, Tom Brady, a lot of what he's been doing is because they're scoring rushing touchdowns. That's why his ceiling has been lower. But then New England scores 33 at home, 23 on the road. They're on the road. So now their offense is also worse on the road. So there's a lot to think about it here. I would feel safer not going with Brady. But I do think he has some upside in a shootout. And see, uh, I have Brady as my quarterback six this week for a pretty simple reason. Besides the fact that he blew up last week and finally looked like good old Tom Brady again with all his weapons, the Steelers' run game last week with Jalen Samuels and Stephen Early was non-existent. It was just trash. And if they're going to be throwing 50 times and running 15 times, it's going to be a lot of plays happening in that game. And if Tom Brady is able to throw the ball 40 or more times, he's going to be a QB1. Simple as that. And the Packers, excuse me, the Steelers defense has not been stopping the pass of late. What if you're a Sony Michelle guy? I think he's more of a low-end RB2. At this he's point. become a very touchdown-dependent play. He has. He always has been. Though. I mean, no, with 20 carries, you much, expect though. more than 57 yards. Yeah. That's true. Like, you expect more production out of 20 carries. That's really disappointing. Pittsburgh's run defense is solid, though, which is why I think he's more of a low-end RB, two. I have a new name for Josh Gordon. He's going to need a touchdown. You know what it is? It's Sammy Watkins. <laughs> people oh, Five for 96 last week, though. People This year, Sammy Watkins. People expect more out of him because of his name. But the fact of the matter is he gets he gets targets, not as much as you'd like, but he always finds a way to put up wide receiver three numbers. He's a new Sammy Watkins. Sounds good I see to me. that. Uh, Julian Edelman had a big game. Do you think he repeats? Oh, Julian Edelman all the way. I have him ranked number eight uh, for my wide receivers this week. I'm all over the Julian Edelman trade. Uh, if I have him, I'm very happy that I have him. I have him at 15. Uh, Pittsburgh is allowing almost 150 yards per game to the slot against Keenan Allen and the Chargers. And Oakland and whoever the hell they throw out of the slot. So when you're allowing... That many yards to uh, no-name receivers. Not that Keenan Allen. I'm talking about the Raiders. Uh, Julian Edelman has a track record of success against Pittsburgh. He went 8-1-18-1 last time he played Pittsburgh. Uh, he's been seeing a good amount of targets. I expect the Steelers to score a lot in this game at home. Everything's adding up for Edelman to have a very good game. Also, uh, last time the Steelers played a top-notch slot receiver was Keenan Allen, where he was the, cute, the wide receiver one on the week. And they, I don't know what they were doing with their defense. It was it was embarrassing. But they had a linebacker lined up on Keenan Allen for seven of his receptions. So if that's the plan again this week, Julian Edelman's going to feast. Let's talk about the Steelers. Uh, that backfield, Jalen Samuel has kind of like an okay game. not Carrying the ball well under efficient, 11 for 28. But in the air, which is where we told you he's going to make his hay, 7 for 64. So uh, he's a pretty a, he's good kinda game. He's kind of like a tight end. Uh, he caught more passes than rush attempts in college. So let's talk about the other characters, the main characters. Antonio Brown shit the bed, guys. Does he do that twice in a row? I mean, not for nothing. Antonio Brown has been, like, uh, he's a top five wide receiver overall in the year. But a lot of that has to do with the touchdowns. He's been he's very inefficient. A lot of times, yeah. And honestly, he's he's not been the same guy. 
Like next year, I'm already saying it. I'm not gonna draft Antonio Brown. Anymore. Yeah, I was thinking like I could draft maybe four wide receivers over him right off the bat. Right, thinking right now. Yeah, it just he, Juju versus Brown is gonna be a discussion. I agree. This could be the cycle that the that the Steelers just go on. This is the cycle that they'd be following. First, they forced out Heinz Ward. Then they forced out Antonio Holmes. Then they forced out Plaxico Burris. All these guys were incredible, and the number two came over and, and became them. And now the same cycle's going on for Antonio Brown. Now, he did it longer than those other guys, but if you look, though, it's happening. This year, Antonio Brown at home has been much better than Juju. Antonio Brown on the road has been worse, much worse than Juju. They're home. So this is an Antonio Brown week. Is the way I'm looking at it, but I I, I don't know. I, I prefer Juju this week actually because the matchup stuff on Gilmore is going to be lined up on uh, Antonio Brown more than likely, which is not ideal for Antonio Brown. It's it's unreal to think that Juju might be taking the reins over. This dude's 22 years old. Like if he takes over and becomes the next great Steelers wide receiver, and he's only 22 years old, this dude's going to be an all-time great. Uh, it's true. Uh, well, crazy. if they find a good replacement for Ben, he's not going to be around that long. I want to talk a little bit more about Jalen Samuels. He he had seven catches last week. New yep. England gives up six per game to running backs. He outsnapped Calvin Ridley 46-8. Absolutely dominated. And I'm snaps. seeing this guy being ranked as, like, the ninth tight end. What are you doing? Like, I don't know what he did to get people to back off from last week, but he did exactly what I wanted him to do. Yeah, obviously he could be more efficient running, but... I have him at tight end for... And running back 11. I have 11. Him at, yes. I have him at tight end 3 and running back 12. He got a goal line look too. Ridley punched it in the next play, but he did get the goal line rush. I expect this to be a high-scoring game. I think Samuel's going to be very involved. If he scored a touchdown last week, he would have been running back 1. I tend to agree with that. What about Vance McDonald in tight end slot? So, look, I thought the tight ends were super easy, honestly, in the top, like, 10. Because you got... Uh, Kelsey, Ebron, Kittle, Samuels, Ertz, Gronk, Cook, and Brait, and Ajoku, those guys. And honestly, after that bunch, I think Vance McDonald is far and away the uh, High the ceiling. top tight end option Yeah, when it comes to ceiling and usage. So I have Vance McDonald as my tight end 10. Uh, it's not a bad game against New England, and he, I could see the Steelers getting him involved, especially if their running game is as bad as it was last week. We did... Uh, Jump over James White. We got to give right. him a look. Yeah, James we White were... played forty percent of the snaps last week. Man, it's crazy how James White went from uh, every week wide receiver one to us forgetting to mention him on the podcast. In week nine, he was yeah, that's crazy eighty percent, which was like a peak of his, and it's just been a steady decline ever since. Now down to forty percent. I mean, Sony Michelle has the early down work, he has the pass catching work, but Rex Burkhead mixes in with both. So we're talking about a third down back who gets mixed in with another running back. I do like White as a flex play this week. Uh, he only had six uh, He only had six touches last week. But I expect this to be a high-scoring game. Pittsburgh's at home. New England can match them. So I think this is a game where James White's going to be need to be used more. Was it last week, though, where James White had, like, a 40-yard reception at half? Like, just pointless? Two weeks ago. Bugging. Two weeks ago, yeah. So that, too, like, bumps up his... What seems like good scoring, so it's it's definitely tough to trust him. Let's go over to the next game, the Eagles. The Eagles play the Rams. I go my Eagles, and the Rams are gonna be pissed. Carson Wentz is out for sure next. All the Rams week. be pissed because uh, they just lost and they need to win. Oh, um, I thought you. I thought you were segueing into Carson Wentz being out, and I'm like, the Rams are pissed that oh, Wentz no, no, is no, out. No, 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 no. I'm, not, I'm not that ill with the segues yet. Come on now. Um, Carson Wentz is out. Uh, he had a pretty good game last week, 228 yards, three touchdowns. Definitely a better, um, like, fantasy game than a real-life game. So, let's think about this. Nick Foles, Super Bowl winner, was good. <coughs> Excuse me. Sold, What's dude? good with the pass-catching options in Philadelphia? Are you staying away from them now Nick Foles is the quarterback? Uh, I mean, I'm sticking with Ertz. Obviously, if you have Zach Ertz, you're sticking with him. I don't think it's too much of a change from Wentz to Foles for Ertz. The other receivers, though. Also, on Jeffrey out of nowhere came back last week and uh, actually scored a touchdown on a screen pass from the two-yard line and was involved in the offense finally. So I do think he's a wide receiver three in a game that the Eagles are going to need to pass to keep up with the Rams, I expect. 
I don't. I could see him having another dud performance though, because Akib Talib is back, and Talib is a lot better of a corner than Marcus Peters is, who would have been on him if Talib was still out. So, I'm I'm not trusting anyone except Ertz and Jeffrey maybe as a wide receiver three. Jeffrey has the appeal as a wide receiver because of his touchdown potential. Golden Tate has some appeal as a flex PPR play just because Foles may want to hit him more. It's a safer option to hit. But Tate played less than 30% of the snaps last week. I would prefer to just not play anyone not named Ertz. Even Josh Adams. I said last week that Josh Adams is basically Gus Edwards, but on a worse offense for a running game. And it's basically the same. He's not using the passing game. He gets most of the rushing work. But what's most of the rushing work on this Eagles team? It's not great. So Zach Ertz is really the only player on this team that I would trust. And he's even had a few down games recently. I have him as my, believe it or not, fifth tight end. Might be crazy, but I prefer Kelsey, Kittle, Ebron, and Samuels. I mean, it doesn't sound crazy. Samuels is a little crazy, I think. Ertz has been... I like being crazy. Ertz has been I don't like this disrespect. Speaking of crazy, I'm currently laying on the floor because my back hurts so much. I didn't mention that, but it's weird. Yeah. <laughs> I've I've crawled to the floor during our last breakdown of the Eagles. First he sat against the drawer, and now he's laying on the floor. You know what, Tim? You could have just paused. Pulled a pillow from who knows where. It was Very the, impressive. It was under the table. I don't okay. know how it got here. There's a pillow under the table, folks. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm comfortable. Do you know who wasn't comfortable? The Rams last week oh, when they pfft. shit the bed. But I will say this. For those people who had Todd Gurley or Jared Goff and were on a bye, and I was one of those people, or Brandon Cooks, or um, Robert Woods, or any of the people that busted, it's refreshing that we know for sure now the Rams are not going to be resting their players in Week 16. There was a little bit of worry that they would be if they ran away with this thing. I'm hyped. I got Todd Gurley. So let's talk about it. Jared Goff, Todd Gurley, Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods, all shit the bed or at least semi-shit the bed last week. Some of them shitting their the bed in, in the biggest way, just diarrheaing all over the pillows of the bed. So what's good with them? Do they bounce back? I am firing up thy Los Angeles Rams with the utmost confidence. I think they're going to put up maybe 60 points this week. <laughs> Tim, man. I mean, I'm obviously being <laughs> hyperbolic, but I can see them going absolutely apeshit. That's hyperbolic, too. Why? Why? I guess the secondary... What's apeshit really mean, honestly? Like 45 points and Gurley puts up an RB1 overall kind of game and Goff puts up three touchdowns or four touchdowns and and Woods gets two touchdowns and... and 10 receptions, and Cooks gets a long touchdown. Okay. Like, I can see all these things happening. I actually agree with you. Uh, I have uh, Jared Goff is my quarterback for. He's been, actually been a lot better recently at home than on the road, so that might be something to look out for going forward. Are well, you nervous that his numbers year, have been so much worse without Cooper Cup? I mean, obviously it doesn't help. Josh Reynolds is going to have to step up. He's been slacking. Gerald Everett hasn't really taken a step up either. But, I mean, it's been a couple tough weeks. It happens to the best of them. I think he bounces back this week, though. Philly, as we saw, just got torched by Amari Cooper, and they just been torched by all opposing wide receivers this year, which is why Robert Woods, well, Gurley's our consensus RB1. Let's get that out of the way. Robert Woods is my wide receiver two this week, folks. Wide receiver two overall. I was going to say. I think he has another blow-up game. Uh, Like, in week three, he had a game where he had 100 yards and two touchdowns. I would not be surprised if that happens again this week. He is the target hog in that offense. He moves from the slot. He goes to the outside. He basically does it all. He's a target machine. He had 13 targets last week. He only went 7 for 61 on those targets. But he had 8 targets the week before that, 11 the week before that. So he's as big a part of that offense as anyone. So I love me some Robert Woods. And Brandon Cooks I like as a high-end RB. Uh, excuse me, low-end wide receiver 1, high-end wide receiver 2 as well. So those are the big boys. Let's talk about the ancillary characters, uh, Josh Reds, Josh Reynolds and Gerald Everett. What do you see out of them this week? Josh Reynolds, I think this is finally the week where you could employ him as a wide receiver three and be happy about it. Interesting. Uh, if you look said, at Josh Reynolds, uh, all three of his touchdowns this season have come at home. They They're home. Two were in the same game, though. Let's not forget that. They were home. I mean, it's a limited sample size because Cooper Cup hasn't been out much. I mean, two in the same game is also, you can look at it as a good thing, too, though. Raises his upside. But, yeah, uh, 
he has a great matchup. Last week, we said to absolutely stay away from him going against Bryce Callahan and company. That sucks that Bryce Callahan is out, yo. He's a beast. But that's besides the point. <laughs> Josh Reynolds, solid wide receiver three this week. Anyone else you guys want to talk about in this game? I'm good. Good. All right. So let's the get Monday to our night. final matchup. Monday night. Yo, real quick before we get to the Sunday night game. Reminder that the Jets and Texans and Browns and Broncos play on a Saturday this week. Get your lineups in and make sure that all of your players that you're playing in those games are in your positional slots and not your flex. One of the biggest things that people make a mistake with is they start their flex player and then something happens in the uh, during the week uh, to one of their wide receivers and they have a backup running back only. So if you have a flex player and you're playing him and he plays in an earlier game, make sure he's in his position, not in the flex. It gives you more flexibility as we go on. Um, so with that being said, the New Orleans Saints at the Carolina Panthers. This looked like a really good game, and then the Panthers blew just giant, giant ball sacks. Um, for the last five games, they're on a five-game losing streak, so let's talk about it. Um, the Panthers. Cam Newton has been disappointing. Uh, I know, Michael, you're one of those people who traded for Cam Newton in anticipation of this of these last three games, and he was 0 for 1. Uh, luckily, you had a bye week in that in particular league. Um what do you see out of out of him this week? So ever since that shoulder injury, man, ever since week eight, Cam Newton has not been the same. Like Jason said, I th- he we think that has something to do with Christian McCaffrey's insane usage since then. But yeah, he basically can't throw downfield. Tyler Heineke came in again last week at the end of the first half and threw a deep pass. It's not good to see. And now he has to go against the Saints, whose defense has been one of the best in the league. Dude, I don't see the Saints defense ranked in the top 12 anywhere. I'm absolutely firing up the Saints defense. Cam Newton is coming off back-to-back games where he threw at least three in those. Like, what are you doing? Start Saints defense. I rank them because they've been playing pretty high, too. They've been playing really well, and you know what it is? It's that bad flavor that people get in their mouths when you get 51 put on you in week one. And then you continue to be a terrible defense. But the last six weeks, the Saints have been among the best. Yeah. So I am absolutely... Scared as a Cam Newton owner. His ceiling is not what it once was, and uh, I'm pretty scared that the Saints might get the best of him this week uh, because he has, because of his past and how effective he's been and his legs, even though he's, he hasn't even been using his legs as much. He's my quarterback seven. I'm still trusting him in that sense, but he's no longer a locked in top five QB. CMC is a must start. Um, so we can move on from that because even against a the number one rushing defense in the league, his usage is so outrageous that he's basically a, a play every single week. Yeah. The guy who intrigues me most on this entire team is Curtis Samuel because he's been lining up in the slot and he's going up against P.J. Williams who's been one of the worst slot cornerbacks in the league. So are you playing Curtis Samuel this week, and where do you like him as? Yeah, me and Michael have him as a back-end wide receiver two, high-end wide receiver three. It all makes so much sense now. Right when Cam Newton got taken out of the game for a Hail Mary two weeks ago, it all made so much sense as to why the Panthers' offense became the way it was. Samuel basically saw all the targets that Funches used to get. Uh, DJ Morgan's looks underneath. Christian McCaffrey became the most used person in the world. Funches doesn't even get on the field anymore. It's because Cam Newton can't throw him the ball down the field. So, Curtis Samuel has been heavily involved recently. If you look, since week nine, he's only put up one game under 11 points. Four games, 11 or more. This is half PPR. Uh, Every game he has at least, basically, he's given at least one rushing attempt. Uh, He's getting a bunch of targets every game. At this point, you want to attack the Saints with a wide receiver. Curtis Samuel's seeing work every week. People aren't giving him recognition he deserves. Someone on our waiver list a while ago. Curtis Samuel's the guy you want. Also, not for nothing, Curtis Samuel was a high second-round pick last year. Like People just kind of forget that he was drafted to be a contributor to this team. PSL, boys. Like He was the 40th overall selection in the draft. So, I mean, this isn't really coming out of nowhere. And he was great at Ohio State. Yeah. Um, what about Ian Thomas? Nine receptions for 77 yards. Is that fool's gold? Uh, is I it fool's gold or is it Cam? Throwing yeah. to safety options. Well, look, I have him as my tight end 12 this week because if you get that low, 
Yeah, 10 and 12. If you get that low, you're just going to chase the targets. But the Saints have been ridiculously great against tight ends this year. So I don't want to start Ian Thomas, but if you're going to reach that deep, I'd prefer the targets. Let's move on to the Saints. The Saints, I don't know. They looked kind of bad, even though they were good. Uh, Drew Brees didn't have a great game, 201 for a touchdown. Mark Ingram had an okay game, 52 for and one. Alvin Kamara had another bad game, which is a disturbing trend that he's been going through. Kamara's not really having bad games, just not finding the end zone. His games aren't that bad if you look at the numbers. He's, like, staying afloat yards-wise. I think when I say bad, I mean, like, Alvin Kamara bad. Well, I'm, yeah, but if, he, if he had a couple good. touchdowns. Not right, not elite. If he had a couple touchdowns, it wouldn't be as apparent. Me and Michael are uh, separated on... Drew Brees this week. I have him at 11. Uh, I'm off the breeze with bandwagon. I'm cool with starting someone else over him. He's on the road again. Can't wait to get again. back on the road again. Uh, hasn't been a quarterback one in three weeks now. And if you look at the Saints offense recently, is Drew Brees someone you want to trust? Someone who has historically been bad on the... Not bad. Has been historically been mediocre on the road. His good road games this year have been against Tampa Bay and Cincy. So we thought maybe he was getting past the road thing. But then he goes into Tampa with the defense that's a little bit better at home and struggles there. And now he's at Carolina. It's not someone I feel great about starting. Carolina's past defense, though, has been susceptible. Exactly. We're talking about an all-time great quarterback who's coming off of two straight rough games. Tampa Bay has two. Which is, yeah, um, I like Drew Brees a lot this week. Any interest in any of the wide receiver options outside of Michael Thomas? No, they're on the road. Traquan on the road. Traquan on, not on the road. Although next week, Traquan gets... Traquan on the road. He's at home, but he also has zero targets, uh, zero catches in back-to-back games, so I don't know how you can trust him, especially after he doesn't do well this game. (laughs) If he has zero targets again this game and then... Zero catches. Kills it at home, week 17, 16, you know it's real. Word up. But, I mean, it is real. It's been going on forever. This whole thing is real. It's all real. That's pretty saucy. That's juicy. All right, so if you don't think that Drew Brees is going to have a big game on the road, then you're probably not looking at ancillary characters. So let's start with the big guys. Mark Ingram, Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas. What's your outlook for them for this game? It's crazy that we keep calling Mark Ingram a big guy. I have him at 31 this week. I'm done with him. Yeah, Tim, enough is enough, kid. He's a matchup dependent, touchdown dependent, Home-dependent RB2. And this week, the matchup isn't great. He's on the road. And I don't see the offense moving so much that he can get a touchdown. A lower-end RB2 solid flex option this week. But, yeah. I mean, you can't call him a big boy. I I mean, if you also, if you look at Michael Thomas, his slot usage has dropped the last two weeks a pretty good amount. Something that you might be worried about, not necessarily against Carolina. They're bottom three in the league in fantasy points to boundary wide receivers. But sit your receivers against James Bradbury. Yep. Sit Julio. James Bradbury time. Oh, shit. Nah. Shout out ESPN. We almost forgot that the time that <laughs> ESPN told us to sit Julio Jones and fade Julio Jones because he was facing James Bradbury in his rookie season. Uh, how did I forget that? And then Julio had 200. One thing we will never forget is Twitter questions. You guys ask us questions, and we usually answer them on Twitter, but we take a special few questions, and we read them on the show at the end of the second episode. And it is now time for your Twitter questions. Who's reading Twitter questions today? Yeah. You are, Jason? No, no I am. Jason's, oh. Jason's annoying. Um, so, Michael, hit us with your Twitter questions. Remember, remember the last time Michael <laughs> asked the Twitter questions where he just asked the question, then answered the question, then moved on to the next question? I was going to say, real talk, you did it better. Is. Me last week or Michael every other time? So far, you're chasing Jason. Yeah. If you're bad lie. this week, I'm taking the reins. Chasing Jason sounds like a weird movie name. Yo, I was legit just about to say that exact sentence. <laughs> anyway. Whatever. All right, here we go. From <laughs> AWL Sabermetrics, he asks, podcast question if I can. Leonard Fournette, Nick Chubb, Dalvin Cook, Spencer Ware. Obviously, Spencer Ware. It's PPR. Obviously, Spencer Ware. Obviously, not Spencer Ware. He's out. Yeah. Man, you're already so bad. It's at between this. Leo Chubb and Cook. For two spots? One yeah. spot? Two spots. Oh, I'm sitting Cook. Chubb and Fournette. Yeah. yeah. Me too. Agreed. We, we discussed it in depth before. Yeah. All right. Moving on. 
Nick Chubb has been a monster. So do I go him or Fournette? That's from st- at Station Connor. So now we have to pick also, the two guys. Also, I started zero and three, and now I'm the three seed at nine and five. Hashtag Embroda we trust. That's what I'm nice, doing. nice. Um, between Chubb and Fournette, probably not the popular opinion. I'm probably gonna go Fournette here. Me too. Uh, I lean Chubb. I'm going Fournette, right. man. Yeah, two I guess out of three. the Redskins are home. They're a favorite. I see a big day coming. Josh Allen from at the Kid Vic. Josh Allen or Drew Brees this week? And then Fournette or Chubb. Look at that. Another Fournette or Chubb guy. Josh Allen is super risky. If you're... So risky. Listen, if you're like a 40-point underdog, I don't hate going yeah. with Josh Allen. Go with Josh Allen. Otherwise, I'm For example, the in the Brodo Redraft League, um, in the semis, I got there because Deshaun Hamilton and Kenny Stills killed it for me last week. But that's how my team is looking right now. Uh, decimated. So... I'm starting Josh Allen this week. Makes sense. Who are you playing, by the way? You. Who you're a giant Timothee underdog Shampoo. against. Das you're not going to lose. Das me. I'm not going to lose. I just said you're not going to lose. Das me. I am. You're, you're right. You're lose. right about that one, Jason. Next stop from Logan Bierman. Would you go with Luck or Trubisky rest of season? Luck, right? What? Yeah. Logan. Come on, bro. Luck, bro. The playoffs. Please, please continue yelling, bro. And is James White still startable? Uh, we just discussed James White. More of a flex play nowadays. I would start James White if I only had no other options. But I have I had another option on my bench. Like, I think I would prefer Doug Martin over James White. Yeah, I would. I think I would prefer, like, definitely like a guy like Philip Lindsay over James White. Why are you saying definitely. that? Definitely. I, I, I would definitely. Dude, Philip Lindsay is an RB1. You, I know. Every time right, you relax. do these things, you just throw in some type of player that's a no-brainer. All right, fine. It, it's kind of funny. I like Philip Woods. <laughs> it's like saying Nick Chubb. It's not like saying Nick what? Chubb. He had a, he had a bad game last game. I would start Nick Chubb over him, too. Yeah, I know. Agreed. <laughs> Anyone with a brain would. Keep on over Derek Henry. Henry. From Mitchell Eastman. That's, wait, 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 wait. That's a good question. <laughs> That's one that we got to think about now. I'd go White. In any type of PPR, standard, I'd go Henry. Yeah, that's fair. I'd probably do the same thing. You can check our rankings. You'll see where we stand on white. Mitchell Eastman says, I'm in the finals in my league. A lot of thanks to all of you. Shout out to you, Mitchell. Injuries have made this week interesting in many ways. I've lost Melvin Gordon. Well, maybe he plays. If Melvin Gordon is out, would you go with Jackson, Jeffrey Wilson, AP, or Evan Ingram? Jackson. 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 100%. Yep. All agreed there. Depending on James Conner, Brita, and where's availability. Wow, this guy has a lot of question marks. Who do you start at RB2? His options consist of James Conner, who assume he's out. Carryon Johnson, assume he's out. Doug Martin, Damian Williams, Jeff Wilson. And those are the options. I'm That's going hard. Williams or Wilson. You got to pick one. I think Damian Williams. Williams. Williams is because of the offense. I, I, want, I would rather hitch my wagon against a guy on a great offense than a guy who might not have the opportunity. Yeah. I think I'm going uh, Damian Williams. Oh, and Doug Martin. Is there, but <laughs> what do you do? I don't know Williams or Wilson. Why are you laughing? You're really bad. I'm taking over. Tim, <laughs> passing the crown, majority rules, two out of three. Jason's taking up over. And it's like looking through the hole of the microphone stand. Oh, jeez. It's been a long night. All right, this guy's from at Houston Better. I like got sick. 20, 20 minutes ago out of nowhere. I cannot stop sniffling. I don't know what it is. Yeah, I wonder I think if they hear it. It'll be fairly obvious, I think, for the listeners. Timmy just starts sniffling OD out of nowhere. I'm trying to like keep the mic away from me when I sniffle, but like you could tell my voice probably too. Yeah, you like, sound mad congested. What the hell you happened? Just got OD sick. It just happened out of, out of nowhere. nowhere. I don't know what happened. You sneezed really hard and then just got <laughs> mad sick. <laughs> like in the middle of the episode. <laughs> like my eyes are watering like crazy. Oh man. All right, here we go from at Houston Better. I think you're allergic to the Garrett Blunt. I might be allergic to Michael's reading of these questions. <laughs> All right, let's go. With once out, my only quarterback option is Jameis Winston. Do I roll with him against Baltimore or pick up somebody like Mariota or Carr? I'm, I'm going Winston. Rolling with Jameis. Yep. I don't usually like Winston, but in this case, go with him. I would not hate you if you went with Derek Carr. All right. Jaylen you would Samuels hate him otherwise? Or Zach Ertz in the flex? Ertz. You do not sit Zach Ertz at this point in the year. Dude, don't be, don't overthink it. Ertz. I'd go Ertz, Ertz even though I have Samuels ranked one He point is higher. even, he was even a wide receiver one when Foles was playing. 
Ooh, this is a this is a good one. Damien Williams or Chris Carson? Carson. Depends. I like. I, Carson I think too. this is a matchup based question. I'm going with Carson the guaranteed value. Very, exactly. Carson, you know you're gonna get fifteen points. Williams can get you five or thirty. And we got Wayne Curtis saying, "Who is a good tight end to pick up lads in the semifinals?" And wondering if I should sit Trey Burton. Also, should I play Justin Jackson over Samuels? Thanks for your help this year. Keep it coming. No problem, Wayne. Um, First I'm, and foremost, Trey well, Burton is a no-go. Yeah, and I'm also guessing that Sam, he's playing in ESPN because that means Samuels is not available at tight end. If Samuels is available at tight end, then definitely put him in there. Yeah. I mean, but unless it's Ertz or Kelsey or Ebron or Kittle. But, well, I'm talking about his in particular situation. He has Burton. I think it's a easy. If Melgo doesn't play, you go Jackson. If not, you go Samuel. For the for the tight end, look at our rankings and see who's available in your league. Can because I ta- say Burton, something? Burton is not in our top twenty. I need to say something because I just said Samuel instead of Samuel's back, and it made me think. I don't know why it's acceptable for professional NFL reporters to mess up names, but the amount of people that say Daniels instead of Chase Daniel is insane. Jason, um, I don't even know how to respond Dude, to that. Let's no, continue answering no. questions. No, look around. Listen. Jason. Look around, look His around. name is Daniels, Jason. according to everyone. Jason. It's Daniel. Jason. No, it's legit stuff. Shush. You need to know names. Folks. My <laughs> Lord. We're uh, both on another level today. Jackson, this is why I'm sick. <laughs> Justin Jackson or Jalen Samuels. If Melvin Gordon's out, I'm going Justin Jackson. Yes. If not, then Samuels. Yes. Yeah. There you go. Moving on, for crying out loud, guys, this is this is crazy. Where's doubtful? Do you roll with uh, Damian Williams or Jeffrey Wilson Jr.? Williams. Oh, Williams. Thank I you. mean, Breida might play. That might make the the decision way easier. Yep. And uh, considering that the Chiefs are playing Thursday night, you got to watch the practice reports. True. We'll tweet about it. All right, Alex Nelson says, it would be ideal for me to slide Justin Jackson into Spencer Ware's spot. Melgo's a game-time decision. That worries me. I don't want to put Drake in there. Thoughts? Even if Melgo plays, I'd rather take the shot on Justin Jackson getting 15, 10 Wait, 15 he doesn't touches. have Melgo? No. I don't believe so. So it's Jackson or Drake. I'd probably still go Jackson, right? Yeah, to be too. honest. That's, that's a tough one. Um, Drake is also a backup running back yeah. in his own right. Yeah, but he's he's a lot more capable of breaking out a 55-yard last-second uh, lateral touchdown. So, there's that. <laughs> if anyone can do it, it's Kenyon Drake. <laughs> we got Mo asking us, Ian Thomas or Vance McDonald? Mo Alley-Cox, I'm going McDonald. 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 As well. McDonald. Don't, I'd like to see him. I'd like to see Ian Thomas do it more than once. Will Asensio actually answered this question already, but I'm going to ask it anyways. He has Philip Rivers already, but he wants to hold on to a backup. Should it be Kirk Cousins or Josh Allen? I said Josh Allen, and then he said, is this from Jason and Michael? Because I know you two bump heads sometimes when it comes to QB rankings. <laughs> I said, it's Mike this time, but I'm sure Jason would agree. Do you agree? Uh, the answer is Josh Allen. Kirk Cousins should be rostered in 0% of leagues. We got another? A lot of people are asking a about harsh, Tim. I mean, unless it's a two-quarterback league. A lot of people are asking about Jeffrey Wilson Jr. Jalen Samuels or Jeff Wilson Jr. Non-PPR. It seems like it's stand. all matchups like that. Non PPR, probably go Wilson. If Breed is out, it's definitely if Breed is if out. If Breed is gonna play, there's no way he misses. I'm I'm telling you, if you, all the people who are talking about J- Jeff Wilson Jr. like my thought, and again, this is Wednesday at 10:50 Eastern time. It's, I think Breed is gonna play. I think he's on track to play. I think that he, they they probably had to force him just to miss one game last week. He's proven that he'd like to play through injuries over and over and over again, I think it's Breida's backfield. All right. And last one, AWL Sabermetrics says, when's the pod dropping? Shortly, bro. That's it. Well, now now we've entered some crazy territory because you're saying shortly. That's true. But and shortly? as right, right now, that's true. But when people listen to it, it will no longer be true. It will be, has already dropped, and that's why you're listening to this. Stop it. Both oh, actually, Ethan Rohr asked an hour it. ago. We'll throw it in there. <laughs> oh, we got a couple questions an hour ago. See, I didn't see this because we were podcasting. I'm taking over. That's it. You're That's fired. It. You're fired. <laughs> Ethan fired. Rohr. If Melgo doesn't play, is Jackson RB1? Yes. Uh, yeah, we've discussed yes. that. And then 
franchise tag sports podcast asks, I'm in desperate need of a fancy win this week to go to the championship. If Melgo is good to go, I'll have an awkward spot at Flex. Amari Cooper or Lamar Miller? Coop. Amari Nooper. Every time. Amari Nooper. What is not to like? Amari Nooper. Don't let Jason talk you out of it. Amari Nooper. Asshole Jones. The thing about... uh, I'm kind of leaning Lamar Miller here. I'm not going to lie. The thing about Indy... They're very bend but don't break offense. So Amari Cooper is not going to have a splash plays, but he'll be consistent. If Amari look, I feel like his, I feel like if you're going to compare Cooper to a running back this week, it's Lamar Miller. If it's Nooper. PPR, I'm going Coop. Otherwise, I think I'm leaning Lamar Miller. Nooper. And now any type of PPR Coop. That's all, folks. Nooper. Mike, where can they find you? you Mike, have an original sign off. Jason, where can they find you? At Jason Patron. You can find us all at Brodo Fantasy uh, on Twitter. You can find us at BrodoFantasy.com. You can find me at Tim Patrop on all social media outlets, but only if you're feeling real, real frisky. I'm going to go find out why I'm sick out of nowhere, and I will see you guys. Good luck. I hope that everyone listening to this is going to be playing in the championship game feel better, next week. I really hope that I will be playing in championship games next week, um, which means that Jason would be playing in one less championship game, which is my goal. Um, <laughs> until then... See you later. See you later. Later. Later.